Welcome back to the Where Are All My Friends podcast. First and foremost, thank you all so fucking much for listening to the first episode, for spreading the word, and for all of the positive response. That shit was overwhelming. Like, seriously, thank you. That, that meant so much to me. With that said, let's get into it. This week's guest is Scooter, or Scott Neb, and he is Jake Miller's manager and tour manager. And this is a really cool guest for me because the whole idea with this podcast is I want to do more than just interview artists. I want to tell the stories of all of these people that I think have unique, cool come up stories uh, from every different side of the industry. And I think Scooter is just the perfect example of that. Like he grew up booking shows in New Jersey and the amount that he did just on his own is incredible. And then he went on to tour manage and met Jake Miller at a very early age or the beginning of Jake's career and did such a good job and just has like this incredible mind for business and literally grew with Jake all the way up to the point of being his full on manager. And if you aren't familiar with Jake, he has had an incredibly cool career too, uh, where he's been on major labels. He's done all sorts of crazy cool touring. He's done a ton of headliners, but he also supported Fifth Harmony back in the day. Um, he's he's really just like an amazing singer-songwriter. Um, and these two, like the friendship and the bond that they have, even outside of just work, is incredible. Like we didn't get to talk about it on the pod, but both of them competed in Fear Factor together. Um, and like if you just see them together, like they're genuine friends. So. It's a really cool episode for me being able to interview somebody who is so smart on the business side of it, but is also just such a real person and has had such like a crazy cool story. So hearing all those pieces come together is exactly what I wanted this podcast to be all about. So I really hope you feel the same way and that you get as much out of it as I did. Like, again, this is a friend of mine and I knew part of the story, but sitting down and taking the time to do the podcast episode, I learned so much more about him. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do with this. So hope you like it. Let's go. All right. Well, cool. Let's let's crack into it. So where where are you from? I'm from uh, central Jersey, a little town called Marlboro. Marlboro. Marlboro, New Jersey. What's that like? Seven, four, six. What's that closest to? Like what would be like your biggest, your, the main city? Or? It's like an hour outside of Manhattan. Okay. So. Yeah. So kind of like one of the border town, like you could like take a train or a su- like a yeah, subway tra- train or bus an hour okay. either into the city. And did you like, were you a kid? Like, would you go into the city a whole bunch? Or, oh, yeah. yeah. All right. So you're from there. Uh, how long did you like, what was, what was it like growing up there? Like how long were you there for? I was there for like 22 years. Okay. So that was home. Yeah, like that's your that hometown. Was, you didn't move around a lot. Like no. you were, you were there. I lived in the same house from kindergarten through when I got the heck out of there. Damn. Really? Yeah. Damn. Okay. So the fam still lives there. They still live there. Yeah. Did, does their family, like was their family before? No. no. Okay. They were the first ones to reside. There, in there was another family that lived there beforehand. Well, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so... They were super weird. Like, there was some weird shit in the house. Really? Yeah. Like what? Like, a light switch cover that had, like, 12 <laughs> holes on it for, like, lights. Like Without that many lights? Half of them didn't fucking work. 
<laughs> I love that like that's like the first memory too because like I, I always know like as a kid like there's those things where you just remember it or like, whatever. Like those plastic things that go over a light switch but there's like 12 switches like flappers things. I don't know what, what, yeah, what, the little, what they're called. The switch. The switch, yeah. yeah. So the, like 12 little holes and it's like where the heck do you find that? Wow, yeah, that's crazy. In Marlboro, New Jersey. <laughs> Marlboro. Marlboro, like the cigarettes. Okay, yeah. Marlboro. Spelt the exact same way. Marlboro. 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 <laughs> okay, so you're born and raised there. Yeah. Um, what was like? What was like early life? Like, were you like going to the city or like like what were, what were you like in I don't know, say like middle school, getting into high school? Like, paint me the picture of that uh, scooter. Yeah. So middle school. Uh, Middle school, I wasn't really doing much. Um, so, you know, like as far as activities, what, what the average kid would, would be doing, you know, sports or gymnastics or BMX or Did dirt you... biking. No, I, I wasn't doing any of that. I oh. was uh, booking shows. Really? Yeah. Okay. So when did that start? That started when I was in middle school. Whoa. Yeah. Eighth okay. grade. Okay. So then my question before that is... How did you even find music? Like, how did you obviously had to have found bands that you liked or something that got you to booking shows? So, like, bring me to the spot where you're like Yo. the internet. <laughs> okay, late nights on the on the internet. And um, was that just like MySpace music stuff? MySpace, like that? MySpace, pure volume. Uh, I've discovered AbsolutePunk.net, and I would just get lost in there at night. Really? Yeah. So like what, like, I'm trying to think of like that, cause that's like such a wholesome period of the internet, but like what year are we at? Like this is 2003. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty so, early on. Yeah. And then, you know, where I lived, I had a, a really cool venue called Birch Hill. In Marlboro? In Old Bridge, but l across the street from Old Bridge old is Marlboro. Bridge. How Literally could I forget right old across Bridge. the street. Of course. Yeah. Um, so th that venue was there and I was always seeing, you know, the little, the little marquee with all the, t the, uh, the bands on there. And I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go home and look them up. Whoa. Okay. So you were just like naturally curious, yeah. like at a young age, you just see the venue yeah. and something about music just like caught. Mm -hmm. So did you ever try to play music? Uh, in elementary school. Yeah. Okay. Clarinet. Whoa. Yeah. I was never good. That was my next question. <laughs> so was it by the time you were in middle school, you're like, yo, I'm not good at this, but I like music. Um, no, I knew in elementary school that I wasn't good at, at, at the clarinet <laughs> okay. because the music teacher would actually take the reed out of the clarinet. So it wouldn't make noise before like the recitals and, you know, the fall concert, the spring concert, the, the average Tuesday booster concert where they would try to raise money. They would take my read out of the clarinet and say, here you go. Here's a, here's your clarinet. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you figured that out pretty early, yeah. but still liked music getting into middle school. You saw that venue, you'd look the bands up. Yeah. Um, what are like, are there any of those bands like from back then that like stand out to you? Like some of the first bands you found where you're like, yo, this there is were, cool. Yeah, there are some really cool bands in New Jersey. Like the years gone by, they were a really cool band. Um, That's like one of those things, like the New Jersey music scene to me. Like, because I grew up East Coast, but in Florida. Mm -hmm. And as I understand, there are very like certain cities, certain areas just had a really special pocket of bands that came oh, yeah. up. So like, I don't know all of them, but please like, so tell me. So like, 
the years gone by, they were just one of the coolest bands ever. You know, you, you saw them at your local VFW hall or fire hall playing on the floor, this playing a rock show. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's what's up. Okay. So I want to be a part of that. Okay. All right. So you just like felt that energy with that. Mm-hmm. Were there any others? Um, there are so many, you know, uh, Bed Life for Blue Eyes were another cool one from New Jersey. Crash Romeo. Um, I remember Crash Romeo. Okay, nice. Wow. I didn't know that they were part of that. Yeah. Um, and those were like some of the first bands that I booked. Um, oh. Yeah. You know, eighth grade, ninth grade, booking shows in the middle school. And once I graduated from middle school, I obviously lost that venue. So wait, though, that's crazy to me that like, that still doesn't fully add up. There's still something special about you where like kid that's bad at clarinet goes into like researching bands on a, mm-hmm. like on a marquee. How, like, I feel like it's not normal middle school thought or no. logic to be, you know what? I'll book these bands. Like I'll rent these venues. Like how did you have an understanding of how to do that? I didn't. My first show that I booked, I didn't know what a PA system was. I thought what the bands played their guitars through were the speakers that I didn't realize I had to rent a PA. It was yeah. like two days before a show, and I'm like, I need a PA. Holy shit. Oh, wow. I just booked a band that owned a PA and said, hey, bring your PA. Don't, and, you don't, and you don't got to sell tickets. And they loved it. They, they thought it was, it, was, it was the best deal ever. So what was it like two days before the, you getting to the venue? The venue's like, so do you have the PA? Uh, the, the, ven, the venue was like a deli. <laughs> <laughs> they sold macaroni salad. They, <laughs> they closed at 4 o'clock. My load-in was at 4.30. <laughs> That feeling, I know that all too well. Like it was that a, level of touring. Yeah, it was two hundred bucks for for a venue that otherwise wouldn't be open. And for them, they're just like, yeah, and cool. It's like yeah, after hours, points. you know. They, you know, the girl that would run the cashier was like the production manager at the venue. But again, like, where does that come from? Like, where did you even have the inkling to ask a deli if you could throw a show there? Had you seen other people do it? Nope. That's why. <laughs> I was like, where can I go? That's crazy. And I had to go somewhere walking distance because I couldn't drive. Uh, okay. So it was very much just like that feeling of at that age, you found something that you really liked. You had whatever resource you had and you're just like, yeah. well, I have to figure this out. Yeah. And then, and then that, that started uh, my MySpace page, Scooter Productions. Wow. Yeah. And then bands started just coming to it. They're like, you book shows? I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> So it started as something where you were just like genuinely kind of into the idea you wanted to book yeah. bands and then there was a demand for it. People there were was, coming to you. People were coming to me and they started booking themselves on my shows. How long did that take? Like from like your first shows to the point where people are hitting you up? Uh, I would say by like four or five shows in, it was like, no, I don't have room on a show. Whoa. Or no, I just don't want to book your band. Wow. Or no, your band is playing a show the day before and day after my show. Why, why would I want to triple book your band and then have your band split their draw in thirds for my show? Right. You know, and you just realize that from a young age that, or, you know, at least I did that you can't overplay because when you overplay, it just, you know, splits your draw. And when you do that, it kind of sucks for everyone. Well, totally. It's just crazy. Like, I feel like a lot of times the early days or any of like figuring this out, like involves some amount of failure. Like, you know, normally you're like, you don't know and you pay a band way too much money or like something like that. Like, did you have any of that in those days? I I definitely have had the bands that I've overpaid for. There's been times where I've 
purposely just made offers to agents back in the day, knowing that I, I wouldn't get a show, but I would offer, you know, 50 to a hundred you know, percent more than what the other promoter would, but they would get the show. Just because the name or something. Just because they had the name, because they had, because they owned the venue, because they had 10 other contracts out with that same agent. So who are they going to give a show to? Yeah. You know, course. some guy that doesn't, that they're not working with or the guy that they are working with. Yeah. Damn though. That's crazy. Like that's, that's pretty nuts that at that young of an age, you had enough of a scope or you just made it go right. I mean, I guess for me knowing you, like that is kind of on brand of you consistently to just find those loopholes and make things work. But it's crazy that even back to eighth grade, it was exactly that. Oh yeah. There were times where I would get contracts from like, you know, major booking agencies and you know, I was 16, 17 years old signing away on them. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. They like, don't I don't know how old you are on email. I know, but like, I want to yeah. go into that. I need to know, like, how did you, you weren't scared. You weren't like, I had nothing to worry about. They were making a contract with, with a 16 year old <laughs> jokes on them. So you really were just like that self-aware of it. Like you knew you're like, I'm 16 booking shows at a deli. Yeah. So yeah, I'll see you. Crazy. I'll just skip town, but I never did. Wow. Uh, and did you start making money off of it? Like, did that kind of become like you're almost like your side hustle? It, it was my main hustle. Um, but from the beginning, I was always trying to find different things. Like, you know, when I was in elementary school, my brother and I, we got on, on, on the eBay train at a really young age. Oh, wow. And we were buying stuff in bulk and then reselling it. Wow. Um, there were you know, elementary school teachers that I would buy stuff for on eBay. Really? And they'd be like, Oh, can you get this for me? Yeah. Or there were things that like they, that they wanted that I already had in my garage. Wow. And like, wouldn't you just charge like a little bit of like a premium? Yeah, on it be like, you know, you know, I, I need that a, but here's that McDonald's happy meal toy that you wanted. Whoa. That's like such a, again, like just that, like that grind, right? Like that, like spirit of like, as a kid figuring out a way to like make that extra dollar. Like, I feel like yeah. that's, it's crazy how many people I've talked to in music or anything where it's like that spark of like that early hustle. Yeah. Okay. So that goes way back middle school, your booking shows. Uh, does this carry on into, no, you lost, you said you lost the venue. I, I lost the middle school auditor auditorium. I only did three and a half shows there I think I say half because I don't remember the, the third and fourth show were just a, a fucking blur really yeah. why like I it was just they were like half shows because they weren't fully booked they were just, you know because I, I, I wanted to get as many bands as possible but then what happened was I had too many bands to put on one show so I had to split up the show into two so it was like three on one show four on another but that was like at the tail end of middle school and I couldn't, you know, I, I had to go out, go out, go out with a bang. So, so that was, it was like, like a your... little mini festival. Wow. So it was like three and a half. Damn. And like, what were you like, did they like, were they popping off? Like, did you sell any of them out? Like oh, they, how quickly did it do well? They were doing amazing. You know, my mom was running the snack stand. Um, the janitor were the sound and, and lights. Yeah, you know, so so the guy that would collect the garbage at during lunchtime, yeah, was like my sound engineer. That's nuts. He didn't know what he was doing. It. 
I just like, I don't know. There's something again, crazy to me. Like I'm thinking about the era, like 2003, 2004, you say like right around there. Mm-hmm. Is I that was in just... middle school, uh, 2001 graduated in 03. Do you think like, do you think that same scene is still in Jersey like that? Or like where you were at, or was it really like a special place in time where like pure volume in MySpace and all the right things were aligning mm-hmm. and there was just so many bands or whatever. Oh, uh, the, the market was so oversaturated. Yeah. Um, and it was a cool time though for the market because everything there that was 500 cap and over were just controlled by Live Nation or AG and they still are. And the smaller rooms, you know, were kind of like a free for all. So if you think about it, like if you were in those rooms you never had the competition, but you were the competition to the bigger guys because you would book the local bands. They would book, you know, the, you know, the mid-sized touring act need two locals on the show, but you, you already had the locals on your show, so they couldn't play the other shows because the bigger guys would think, oh, well, this band that I would need to sell 50 tickets to open up for, you know, Kill Hannah. You know, who was a band that was touring at the time. I remember that band, yeah. You know, um, or like an FTSK, you know, the two local bands that you need to support that, they would already be booked on my show. So, you know, selling 30 to 50 tickets for me for whoever I had. Well, Um, why is that though? Because like, I remember in those early days, like if you were a local band opening up for like the mid-level touring act was like a big deal. Like that was kind of a bragging, right? So how were you winning them over for your shows? Was it just that you're like, yo, I'll pay you or. It was a way better deal with, yeah. Paying them for X amount of tickets that they sold. Um, you know, the bands knew that they wouldn't be going on 10 minutes after doors. Yeah. And if you had built in a fan base and if like you, if you had kind of proven that like people will show up, like if the local shows are popping off up to 500 kids, that's still crazy. And, and, and my local shows were doing the, about the same attendance as the bigger shows, okay. too. That's the missing piece, yeah. Be, because I had the built-in fan bases. At, Got it. At, at my venue, um, I was promoting all the shows in the middle school and the high school. Okay, um, so it was like, for the bands, it was like, you're either, you can be the hometown hero in a really packed crowd with a built-in excited fan base, mm-hmm. get paid, be taken care of, or go open up for the mid-level touring act and kind of be treated like shit. Exactly. Damn. Um, so you did corner like a really special thing there. Oh yeah. Um, and then, so once I graduated from middle school, uh, obviously I started high school in the fall and I went to a battle of the bands at my rec center in my town, the Marlboro rec center. And there were three bands that played this battle, this battle of the bands, all three bands won. What? I know. Right. All three bands won the same prize. Oh. And it was like a, hundred dollar gift card to the local music shop in in the, the next town over was you think that shit was rigged or you think that they genuinely that the judges are there sweating and they're just uh, like it was 100 percent rigged they had <laughs> they had first second and third place already picked and i didn't think that with a three band bill you would go first second third place you would just go winners and two losers that's kind of the way that i would look at it um, Wait, so three bands played and three bands won? Yep, and they all won the same prize. I was pissed. I, I wanted to go home seeing someone cry. I paid $5 for that Battle of the Bands, and all three bands won. Incredible. When you go to a battle, you want to see someone cry. I 
and that's the worst battle ever. Yeah. It's just a participation <laughs> contest. That's just come Absolutely. watch these people participate. So, okay, but tell me the point. Sorry, we tangent. So just like a couple days later, I went to the rec center. I'm like, hey, who who put on that battle of the bands? It was so awesome. And they're like, oh, uh, her over there. And I'm like, hi, how's it going? Just wanted to let you know I went to the battle of the bands and uh, I think I could do a better job. Outright, oh, like you with, just said with, that with booking a show. Yeah, I I told you, her you didn't. You weren't like I think I could judge better. I think mm-hmm. that I could pick. I didn't see any judges there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was on the promotion side. Yeah. Um. So so all three bands won. Two of the bands that were on this battle of the bands were previous bands that I booked in middle school. Oh, you've known them. Oh, I've known them, and they were the two most terrible bands on the battle of the bands. Oh, yeah. I was hoping they were both going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> so you go to her. I go to her and I tell her, hey, I think I could do a better job. This is October. So I say, hey, can I get a date in December? Because mm-hmm. obviously I, I don't want to date tomorrow. Yeah. You know, I want one, you know, six, seven weeks out. Yeah. I guess I could book a show and find the right lineup. Yeah. Um, secure, you know, a, a proper PA system. Now I know what a PA system is. I can now get a proper PA system and rent the PA. Um, go on Pure Volume, go on MySpace, find the new bands, talk to the kids in the high school, see who the new band is in the high school that, you know, that just formed. And, you know, they have all these friends that want to come see them and all their friends are going to buy tickets. Yeah, it's like you say it so simply, but I think it's just like, that was so natural to you of like all the pieces of like putting in the hard work and like mm-hmm. listening to your audience, listening to what people want, doing the pure volume research. Like that was just natural to you. Yeah. Like that was just the, that was a scooter. That was me. So all of the parts that would have been hard for somebody phoning it in, you were just doing. Yeah. Um, so I get the rec center, start booking a couple of local showcases there. They all go amazing. Um, the first, uh, natural the, or the first nat- national touring band that I brought in, I should remember I had, um, from like two shows previous, I like made like a shoebox full of money and I'm like, okay, like I now have like $500 yeah. that I can like send an offer to a touring band. And I remember on MySpace, I sent an offer to all time low. And wow. at the time they were just like doing like weekend warrior stuff. I'm like, Hey guys, you guys want to play in New Jersey? You know, yeah. I got like $300 knowing that they're going to want to negotiate. Right. I got no response. Yeah. And um, again, we're at what, like 2004? Yeah. This is when they had like their EP out. Or that's 2004. Like 2004. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm like, hey guys, like you guys want to play a show in New Jersey? Like, you know, six hours from Baltimore? No answer. So I reach out to another band from Jersey and they respond back immediately. They're like, we'll do it. But can we do a little bit more? Cause we're all taken off from work that day. Mm. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, like here's, you know, 400 and a catering budget. And nice. there you go. That's $500, That's $500 right there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and what was that band? That band was uh, bed life for blue eyes. Is that, was that another, uh... yeah, that was like, like that was the, the first ever national touring band that, uh, I put a contract out for that. I'm 16. (laughs) (laughs) And how did you know how to write a contract? Just because other people had sent them to you at that point? Well, they would send me the contracts. Like their agency would would send it to me and I would just put my signature on there. 
Sure. And then I would go to go to the uh, office in the school and fax it. I'd fax back to the agent. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's not like they're going to like go back and like, what is this phone number? No, mm-hmm. like n- no one ever thought matter. about Googling a phone number back then. No. Like Google, I don't think even Google like operated that way. Like, no. Everyone was still using Yahoo and Ask Jeeves yeah. back then. Yeah. Was it Ask Jeeves? There was one of them you could text Cha-Cha. Cha-cha. You could text Cha-Cha. Yes. That shit was crazy. Well, they're like humans on the, on That's the right. side of Cha-Cha. Yeah, they got paid like, like 15 or they, I forget what it was. They got paid some amount per question answered. Yeah. So you didn't even feel bad texting them, asking them bad questions or dumb questions because they were just getting paid. And then, you would, and then you would pay per text message that you would send to Cha-Cha because it was before like unlimited texting. Well, yeah, you weren't paying for the question to be answered, but like whatever your 10 cent texts. Yeah. Were. Yeah. And that's, that was so annoying. Like knowing it every time you sent it like a, like, hi, 10 cents. Yeah. <laughs> Cha-cha. Hi, I'm 16. How do I write a show or a contract show? <laughs> okay. So you put in an offer for them. They accept it. They've, they come down. They accept it all good. Um, I don't think I ever heard back from all time low mm. about the, yeah, about the offer. Um, it's all good. Is there, I'm so like, I'm hoping that there's like a callback to that where you like hear from them later on. Oh, I hope so. Oh, it's still, okay. I so hope that so. just, that was out into the void. Nothing happened. No. All right. So you book, tell me the band name. Uh, bed Life for Blue Eyes. Bed Life for Blue bed, Eyes. Bed Light. Bed Light. Bed Light for Blue Eyes. Nice. Okay. So you book them. Mm-hmm. And how's that show? Tell me about that. That show was amazing. Um, I would say there's probably, about 300 kids there but bands bands used to love to play my shows because they'd be stacked with local bands i had a built-in crowd um i got into a a routine where there was a show once a month at the rec center on a weekend and you know i would be strategic you know i would play it smart i would look at the school calendar and be like okay that's homecoming weekend i'm not gonna book a show that weekend that's prom weekend not gonna book a show that weekend there's this shit going on i'm i'm not gonna book a show that weekend just find a friday or saturday that i can put a show together um so would do that and i don't remember that was so long ago (laughs) damn but so like that just like how long did that keep going so like you you are clearly leveling up you've built your fan base kids are coming to your shows you're putting offers out to regional or like touring acts um, so like, is that all of the rest of high school or like, how long does this keep going? Like how, how far do you build this? This, this went until a couple of years after high school and oh. then, yeah. And then once I graduated high school, I realized, okay, like I now have a car, I now have more time doing classes online for uh, community college and I, I can now get more venues and you know, it, like what do I need to do? So I, I, I teamed up with another uh, concert promoter in New Jersey called Jersey Shows, um, and they were they kind of dominated the 500 cap and under rooms in Jersey. So they had the fire halls, they had the VFW halls, they had exclusives on all those rooms. So you know I couldn't go in there and book a show myself, um, and it was smart because you know they have contracts out as well for other touring bands, and the last thing that you want is for Scott Neb to go into a venue and get a venue shut down. Mm. You know, meanwhile, Jersey Shows has contracts out for four years strong, let's just say, and I shut down the venue 
right. not affiliated with, with, with them. You do something stupid. And, and then kind now of every other show everyone. that they have is now right. canceled. Or they need to move to another venue. And that's not you know, an easy task. So when, instead of going up against them, you saw a window to join them. Yeah. Or to work with them. To work with them. And then you know it allowed me to book, to book a show in Jersey and put an offer in for... New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, and hey, I have now a, a more enticing offer for, for you, Mr. Agent, Mrs. Agent. Yeah, because you're um, doing three shows instead of one. Exactly. And, and you, they know you're going to treat them right. And, you know, better offers, too. So I'm able to uh, make that happen. Okay. So, <clears throat> and I take it, too, with how savvy you are with all of this, you probably weren't having to work like another job in high school or anything like that. Like you were probably able to like pay for whatever high school bills or whatever you needed yeah. off of just booking shows. Just booking shows. Uh, I never had any other job um, other than I worked at a county fair for a week making coffee. Wow. And I th- that's where my love, my, my love of coffee came from. There it is for, for all the listeners. Yeah. Scooter, Scooter is a coffee guy and yeah. he's kind of good at making coffee. It's nice. I think so. Nice espresso machine at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So <laughs> you worked at a county fair making coffee. That's crazy. I didn't realize that like legit, like music has been your life, like your profession yeah. forever. Yeah. A long time. Was that's it, nuts. Was it 2019 right now? Yeah. Yeah. So. That's what, what like a lot to 20 years, I guess? 20 no, maybe, no, maybe no. not. 15. 15. We could agree on a long ass time. Yeah, long ass time. Okay, so you're getting out of high school, taking online classes, team up with them, putting in offers for Jersey, New York, Philly, um... And is there like, does it feel like, again, like a level up? Like, are you making more money? Are you being able to book bigger bands, pulling better things? Like, what's it like? Like, paint yeah, me there, that picture. There, you know, there's definitely more money because there, there's more shows. So instead of doing one show a month, I now have, you know, you know, Jersey shows, they'll be doing five to 15 shows a weekend between all, all their venues. Sometimes, you know, you know, some venues are all ages. And at night, we would do a 21 and up show. So you stay In, busy. Oh yeah. So there were there were a lot of times where we would have uh, like a you know on a Sunday matinee doors at one, and then doors at nine. Damn. And have like you know an hour to grab food across the street. Damn. So just shows. Yeah, just that was shows. Your and anytime you weren't doing school or anything like that, like you're just doing this, just just promoting just shows. shows, putting shows together. Okay, so then you graduate high school. Graduate high school. Did you go to college? I, well, I was taking those classes online. You, oh, your college was online and college. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah, no. High okay. school was all in, in school. Oh, got it. Okay, so this yeah. is all happening. This is you're in college, but you're booking these shows. Everything's yeah, online. And, got it. And I I'm not even that. doing the schoolwork because yeah. I have no time. Right. Mm. And you probably by this time have a good enough idea where you're like, I'm going to do this music thing. Yeah, so like language arts and, for? and all these things. Um. I was working toward a humanities uh, degree. And why um, did you pick that? It was the only, I was so late with enrolling that <laughs> it was the only classes that I can like pick and then like have it be like, all right, I'm now positioned to have this degree. So was that pressure from your parents? Like it, it seems like if it were up to you, you would have just gone full into shows. Um, 
there was some pressure from them. There was, you know, all right, you, you know, I want to keep, you know, student status, you know, oh. so, you know, just, just to kind of keep busy. Okay. So it yeah. just kind of seemed like the right yeah, thing to do. You know, it was like, eh, why not? Yeah. Yeah. You know? I guess too, like you and I, like, I guess you're a little bit older than I am, but like it, it there definitely was a thing of like, you just go to college. Like it, it, it's only more recently that it's becoming like a very clear alternative that you don't have to go to college. Yeah. So it kind of just probably made sense. Yeah. I, you know, college is for, you know, some people that want to just do something, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or people that want to make something. So you don't. just, yeah. Like you just associated, you're like, well, I want to be successful. I want to keep building yeah. stuff. So I should go to college. And I want to meet people and I want another avenue to promote my shows. So it was like, oh, so you was just like, saw it as a business. You just saw another network, <laughs> you know, like I was thinking like, oh, like the college has like some cool venues on oh. campus. Like maybe I can get in there. You're like doing the math. You're like, this semester is only going to cost me. Or you like get like, it was like scholarships. It was like after, yeah. It was like after all this financial aid, it cost me like, you know, 750 bucks a semester. You're like make that that's, up like one that's show. Great. Yes. That's, that's great. I'm going to do that. You just got the built in network. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, did you graduate college? Uh, I didn't. I still have, uh, I think there's like six or eight credits left. And then and then I can, can get a piece of paper that said that I spent money for nothing. Nice. Yeah. Congrats. So why didn't you finish? Because that's back in Jersey and I have no desire to finish it online. Well, no, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like back in that moment. So like you're oh. in there, you're booking shows, you're putting all this together. Doing I just started touring. Online. I started touring and, ah. and I was like, all right, like, you know, it was before, you know, Wi-Fi was available everywhere. Right. You know, that was, you know. Yeah. So was, if you're touring, you're not doing yeah, that. Yeah. You know, like you're in a van eating ramen, you know, you're, you know, six people deep in a Motel 6. So take me to touring. Where did touring come from? Like, what was the first band or like, where did it go from you booking shows to wait, now you're on the road? Um, I think the first, the the first touring band that I worked with was a band that uh, actually won a battle, a, a battle of the bands from Jersey shows. These damn um, battle of the bands. The battle of the bands that never stopped. New Jersey is like the home of the battle of the bands. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so like this band, Soul Fedge Radio, they won the battle, and uh, with the battle it was like, hey, you know, you're being a battle of the bands, and the winner is gonna get. It was like. 10 grand that the company invested into them and with with it was like merchandise and touring and all these things and you know a lot of of, uh trades that we learned from the from the diy hustle so like diy like i learned how to book tours yeah you know learning how to book a tour was for me pretty pretty easy you know i was able to you know reach you know I had a pulse on the other promoters and the guys outside of New Jersey. And all right, I was able to to tour a band for like a week straight. And then it would, you know, in the Northeast and then it became, okay, now I can go for two weeks and I could tour a band down to Florida and back. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, now I could do three weeks and cause I have now the contacts in West Virginia and Nashville and Dallas and Chicago. So there's a three week tour for a band in Jersey. Um, and then I, you know, discovered, you know, uh, star. <laughs> yeah. But then that just opened the, the floodgates for, you know, 
national touring. And did it all start with that band? Was that band coming to you saying, hey, help us book a tour? Um, that band was in the Battle of the Bands. They won the battle. I would confidently say that they were undeniably the best band in the Battle of the Bands, obviously, because they won. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with it came, you know, hey, we're going to invest money in you. Yeah. And we're going to put you guys on the road. Right. Because that's what the prize is. But what was the connection between them and you? Like, did you guys just become friends through that? We or? didn't really become friends until after they won the battle. We mm. didn't really know the bands that much. Okay. You know, and, and, and that was on, was honestly the best way to go about it. Sure. By, you know, just booking the bands and be like, Hey, like you want to be in the battle? Like there's a 20 ticket minimum if you want to be eligible. Sure. So sell your 20 tickets yeah. and you know, the bands that sold five tickets, they obviously didn't make yeah. it to the next round. Yeah. The bands that met the minimum, they kept moving on, on, on. And after like six, eight rounds, they made it to Starland Ballroom where we held the uh, the finals. Yeah. And this band won. And afterward, it was like, hey, guys, now we're, we should all be friends. So, you know, what's your names? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you become friends. Become friends. We figure out what what they want to do, what their vision is. And okay, well we have 10 grand now let's figure out how we can use this 10 grand for you and bring your vision to life. Wow. Cause we want to deliver. Right. To, you know? Um, so some of the first touring that, uh, I started picking up was like, um, some like, like, like soft ticket shows, like building the contacts, like six flags and Hey, like, let me get my uh, bookends at Six Flags for a band. Let me find a date in Texas. Let me find a date in Jersey. Let me find a date in St. Louis, mm -hmm. and just build my bookends there and be like, okay, I'm like, I'm now going to tour a band, and I know that on this Friday they're here, and on that Saturday they're there, and I need to now connect the dots. Um, so you just took that on. I just took that on, and then, and then just started fucking shit up, and yeah, just, yeah, and just accomplished. That's incredible. And I mean, again, too, like it goes along with your story of just like you kind of fearlessly take these things on, but like that excitement is there. Like just like that spark that makes you care more is there. Oh, and I, and, and I still get, you know, just as excited. Yeah. You know, when like an email comes and I'm like, I got an email. I love like watching you smile right now. Mm -hmm. Like just like seeing you be like actually stoked. Yeah. Or if I get something in like my mailbox, mm -hmm. I get excited. Even if it's like a Val pack. I'm like, this is great. Why is that? Because I think that physical mail is such a great thing. I don't know why. Okay, respect. I, I feel like I'm, I have a mailbox in front of my house. I'm, I, I want there to be shit inside of it. Yeah, no, I guess I do. If I go there and there's nothing in there, I just don't feel wanted. I'm going to start writing you letters. You should. I should do that. I just bought envelopes today. You did? I did. I just, I just, self, it, you know, the uh, self sealing ones. I'm not that fancy. Tab yeah, I'm, I'm old. So you, so you got to lick them and. Yeah, it's, it's all. Nice. I don't send that many letters. Okay. You all have, right. You so have stamps? I need to get stamps. Don't waste your money on stamps. Well, what am I going to do? Just go to the post office. They'll put a sticker on it. Well, I guess I could do that, but then I can't just drop it in the box. Whatever. Okay. So you're touring. <laughs> You, so what happened? So were you touring with that band for an extended amount of time or from there, what were you doing on tour? Were you, did you start as tour manager? Like what was that? It was TM, it was merch. It was, you know, I was the oldest one out of all of them by like not that many years by, you know, two, two or three years. But you had it together. The yeah. Most. I still had it together. You know, I, I was 18. So, 
you know, Motel 6 is you could be 18 and book a Motel 6. So, yeah. you know, I was I was the 18 year old. So my name you know, was like, hi, I'm I'm Scott. I'm here, here. Like, here's my ID, my credit card. Yeah. I got the whole process down. Yep. Thank you. Cool. OK, so you're doing that. You're touring with them and kind of TM, kind of everything. The responsible yeah. one out on the road. Uh, how long are you with them? Uh, I was with them for a decent amount of time. Uh, maybe like two and a half years of oh, wow. consecutive touring. Wow. Okay. Um, they put out a EP that is really good. Um, I still listen to it. Nice. Yeah. Um, Do you, you can, can you share it with me? I can, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a Dropbox link to it. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, and we would just tour and then that band after a couple of years, they all, you know, once, once all the members all graduated high school, you know, a couple of members wanted to go to college and, and do the college thing. The other, other guys continued as, as, a, as another band. And by now, you know, the 10 grand is already spent. Sure. Um, you know, 10 grand goes pretty fast, you know, but in the beginning it's like you're buying merch for the band with yeah. that, with that 10 grand and you're teaching them like, Hey, when you buy 36 t-shirts, you don't take the, you know, if you sell the shirts for 10 bucks each, you don't take the 360 bucks and go to the movies and buy popcorn for you and your girlfriend. You're taking that 360 and you're buying, you know, 72 t-shirts with that. So you can keep replenishing your merchandise. Um, so stuff like that is what you, you know, you're teaching to the band. You, know, you don't take the, take the merch money and you put it in your gas tank because then you're never going to be able to reorder merch. And did that come natural to you just off of the sheer volume of shows that you're booking and seeing it just yeah, again and, and again? Yeah, and just common sense. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so... But you got to explain like these common sense stuff to people that don't really like that don't have the money or that, that just don't realize how to spend the money wisely. So then it kind of becomes clear that they're not fully in it, fully invested. You're still just as passionate and just as fired up about it. So some of them go to college. What happens to you? Um, so at this time, the, the band kind of does like a little hiatus. They, you know, they make a record of songs that, I don't think those songs ever got released. Um, and, you know, there becomes a new winner of the Battle of Bands, obviously. And, you know, I'm doing small touring stuff with them, getting them set up. Um, the next winner of the Battle of the Bands, they were a l little bit older um, and they had like a, a sense of touring already. Um, they didn't really have the contacts to tour, but they knew, okay, like, all right, I'm buying t-shirts and I know that I need to rebuy t-shirts. Like they had that down. Yeah. Um, so there, there was a little bit less, you know, a little bit less handholding with them. Um, but after a short while, that band uh, dissolved, we could say. Um, I don't think they, really, think they really broke up. I think they just kind of dissolved. Yeah. Um, but again, you're still in it. You're I'm still in it. Still, doing your thing. Yeah. Um, Okay, and then so are you back home in Jersey then for a minute? Or are you? I'm still in Jersey. Okay, I'm still in Jersey until uh, I, I I made my escape from Jersey in uh, 2015. So what happens there? Uh, move out to LA. And how did you know to do that? Like so, because that's actually that's a decent amount of time. Like because you're from like you're dropping out of college, you're touring with bands, but so like so there's just about like 
I guess five years or so of you just on the road, touring with bands, helping with Battle of the Bands, doing that. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then bring me to moving to LA. What was changing? Like, how did you know it was time to move to LA or how, what was that? Um, there, that's kind of where, where, where the wind blew. Um, the artist that I was working with was going out to LA to record and it was like, okay, well, like there's an opportunity to go out to LA. There's another bedroom in the apartment. Like I should, I should go. Yeah. Because I went to LA a couple of years before that and I was like, I loved LA, but I want to experience LA. Yeah. The way that I want to do it, not, oh, I'll wake up in the morning, eat breakfast at the hotel with the family, then we go to the Walk of Fame, you know, like there's like there's still shit that I see now and it's like, oh my God, I remember seeing that the first time I was here. Yeah, like when you're just like on vacation with yeah. your family. That's you know, crazy. like the Hollywood Bowl, like I remember seeing that, um, you know, I think my dad and my brother went somewhere and I took one of those... LA sightseeing tour buses and yeah. it stopped in front of Amoeba and oh, I walked wow. in there and I missed the bus oh. afterward and I remember I, I almost started crying but then I was like oh wait I just walk inside and I'd say excuse me what's the number for a taxi company <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you had your street smarts yeah, too I was, you've I was always like, the first time I'm like, I'm like oh no <laughs> and it's like oh wait smarten up <laughs> but Uber so, wasn't a thing so it was oh, like, yeah. you know and I, I was in you know, I was like a sophomore in high school, so I, I had a flip phone. Yeah. I probably couldn't even get Uber on it, even if Uber existed. No. Um, so. Okay, so you're, you moved back to LA. You, you were vacationing family. You saw it. You knew you liked it. And is that artist, like, was the artist that you moved out here with, like, is that a piece of the story, or you, did you still work with that artist? How, how did this come together? Uh, yeah, I, I still work, work with that artist. That artist is Jake Miller. Okay. Um, because that's a pretty integral piece of your story. Yeah. So when did you guys meet then? Uh, we met for the first time right before his first ever tour. Uh, and that was in 2013. Okay. So two years before you move out here. Yeah. And had you wor like, were you working with him out there or you guys just met? No, we, we just met. Uh, I liked and, and subscribed to his YouTube channel. Nice. And one day he announced his first ever tour, emailed you know, just like a generic email at jakemiller.com. Got a phone call the next day from uh, his dad and we had a great conversation and, you know, some time went by and it was like, look, like, you know, I would love to help. You know, I could sell merch. I could do this. I could do that. I could do magic tricks, maybe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you saw something special in him in those early days of that. Because by yeah. that time, you've, you've booked a lot of talent. Yeah, and it was like, okay, like I've seen other bands at this level before, mm -hmm. so I know the work that goes into it, this. Yeah. Um, and I've done this before. So, you know, for me, it was a piece of cake. Yeah. Because it was like, all right, like I, I already know the amount of time that goes into this. I know, you know, it's exhausting. I know that it's, it absorbs a lot of time. Yeah. So. And you're saying like the amount of time for him to get where he was at just on the DIY grind. Yeah, it was it was still a DIY grind for him at that time. I would definitely yeah. say so. You know, your you know your first two tours, you're touring in in the trenches. Yeah. No matter what size venue you're really going through. Yeah. Um, you know, you could be a megastar, but you know, you're still eating shit on tour. Yeah. Um. So okay, so you get in touch just as a genuine fan. Yeah. His dad calls you. 
you're like, yeah, I'll do whatever. I just want to come out. I want to help. Yeah. And what's the response? Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Tight. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So they're into I'll it. I'll see you in Minneapolis. Okay. And what year is that? When is that? That that's the same year. That that's uh, twenty thirteen. Um, and first tour, and yeah, it was two shows. The first two shows of the tour sold out. Minneapolis, Chicago sold out. What venues? Um, oh wow. Um, Chicago was Lincoln Hall. Um, and how big is that? That was like a five hundred cap room. Okay. Um, Minneapolis was the. The first date was at this venue called uh, Elixir. Okay. Um, but that venue shut down, I think, shortly after. Um, what size? It was like a 300 cap room. Okay. So three to 500 yeah. selling out, out the gate. Yeah. Um, and then the next day was also in, in Minneapolis. First, first two shows were, were mini back-to-back. Um, and that was, I believe that was like Skyway Theater maybe or... One of those venues out there. Yeah. I remember there was like brick on the wall. Oh, man. I wish I knew. I, I only know a couple Minneapolis venues. But. You know, it was Mill City. You know, yeah. Mill it, City Nights? Mill or? City Nights. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Downstairs um, there. And what cap there? Uh, I, was, I think about the same. 250, 300. Okay. So like these two to 500 cap rooms are selling out. That's a pretty good sign. Yeah. Um, so it was... It, it, it was Weekend Warrior style, you know? So it was like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, go home Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, the first round of touring was built around his his college schedule. So it was like, you know, one you know there, the weeks were just kind of weird. Um, but it was like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, fly home Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, fly home Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It was just like, all right, so one one weekend we're going to do here. Next weekend we're going to go there. Um, the next weekend we're going to be down in Florida, you know, doing, you know, Jacksonville down to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Um, and kind of, you know, touching everything thing in between. There was some uh, early radio promo that he was doing back then with the first label that he was on. So you were just like thrown into this. Yeah. I, I, I didn't really know what I was like. I knew what, what I was getting into as far as like the venues went. Mm-hmm. Everything else was like new, mm. but still maybe like second nature. Like I already had like an inkling of like what, 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 what happened there. Mm-hmm. I never did it, but it was like, all right, like I could figure it out. I mean, if leave it, bring it back to the kid that's signing contracts at 14 to 16 yeah. years old for shows in delis fearlessly. Like, I think you're going to figure it out. Yeah. Okay. So. All that's happening? Like 2013, all that? 2013, 14, 15. 15 was a crazy year. 16 was a crazy year. 17 was a crazy year. So it just kept Ni- going. 19 is a crazy year. It just kept going. Yeah. So you get thrown into it. Obviously, you guys are getting along. You guys still work together now. So you do a couple of years while you're doing that, going all over, doing the tours. You're still living in Jersey. Where's he living at that time? He's in uh, South Florida. Okay. So you're just meeting up when like anytime something would come together. Yeah. And then he comes to you and he's like, yo, I'm moving to LA. He, yeah, we were, it was like toward like the tail end of our tour in uh, 2015. And he was like, or uh, 2014 rather. And he was like, Hey, and like, 
couple months, I'm going to be moving to LA. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, cool. Like, cool. I'll pack my bags. Yeah. Um, we also had like a bunch of, so it was like the, that tour ended, it was a couple days before that tour ended a couple days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember that we were on the road for Thanksgiving. I celebrated Thanksgiving with our bus driver in like Bloomington, Indiana. Sick. It was really cool. <laughs> those mem- like it's always so memorable, right? Like those Man. times, like you Every, could everyone flew home and I stayed back. I'm like, no, I want to hang with uh, the bus driver That's in amazing. Bloomington. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he calls you. He tells you, and he, and he says, hey, you know, I'm moving to LA in January. There's another bed in the apartment. You want to come? Damn. And it was like, yeah, no brainer. I'm there. So it was a pretty snappy decision for you. Yeah. And was that because like you remembered it from tour from going with your family and you're just like, this is like, I want to go do this myself on my yeah. terms. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I thought it'd be a cool experience to go out to LA. He was recently signed to a major label and it was like, Hey, like if I'm going to do it, why not do it now? Yeah. There's, you know, this is the opportunity. Yeah. Like it was clear enough to you where you're just like, all of this is aligned. Yeah. Let's go. And, you know, it got to the point where, all right, it's now time to book flights home from L.A. back to New Jersey and him to Florida. Yeah. And I'm, you know, mid-February comes around and the apartment lease is over on uh, March 1st. And it's, I, I kind of want to stay here. I, I made a core fan, you know, a, a, a core group of friends. Yeah. Um, met enough people, realized how L.A. is like the most easiest place to be if you're trying to move somewhere and you can literally live anywhere mm. people will will rent you their bathtub <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know i was staying on floors i was sharing bedrooms i was sleeping on air mattresses i lived you know the first place that I, that i lived in la was like an hour south of downtown la wait so he went back he went back I, and i stayed why did he want to go back why why didn't i want to go back well yeah like so you're there for a year with him uh, we were in LA for no, it was only three months for like that recording time. So it was like oh. January through the, through through March, and then he he was planning on moving back to LA after the summer tour that was coming up. Oh, I thought that that like when you first got here, that was the full on official move. It for for me it was, and you knew that, and and I just made it that. Mm-hmm. Um. So March came along, he went back home to South Florida. His DJ at the time that I was sharing a room with in the apartment um, that he was living in also went back home. They both knew that, that they were coming back out to LA, but there was no point in signing a lease in the top of March for an apartment knowing that in two and a half months we're leaving for you know, six months of touring. A very long time. So you, you were just like, fuck it, I'll go rent some bathtubs and hang out. Yeah, I'm just going to hang out in LA. And, you know, I, I was living a couple, you know, like I said, an hour south of downtown LA. What When you live anywhere south of downtown LA, you're not coming to Hollywood. No. Any ample amount of time. So your lifestyle is, you know, Different. the South Bay. Yeah. Okay, so then tell me, like, because there's so many pieces that, like, I have, I have some very, I'm trying to put a couple things together. So he signs to a major label. You're down here, South LA. What are you, 
what are you doing? Cause like the scooter that I know, like, I feel like there's gotta be some hustle oh, like I, when you're not on the road with him. Like, like what were, what were you doing in LA at that time? I, I was, uh, picking up other gigs. So just like, you know, selling merch a random night at a venue okay. just to make a couple bucks yeah. or, Hey, you want to go on tour for two weeks? Yeah, sure. I'll go on tour for two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, like, I'll, like I'll pick up anything, you know, just Hey, you want to come sell merch for, yeah. for us on tour for two weeks? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know, like put me anywhere and, and I'll do it better than, than, than anyone else. You've just always had that, that fearless confidence. Because I've in. done it before. So, and I mean, I you back it. it. Yeah. Okay. So, cause there's another piece he signs to the major, what? 2015? That was uh 2015. Okay. Does he have management at that time? He does. Okay. So you, by this time are just like the fearless tour manager. Like you're doing everything you do you're mm-hmm. the tm and some basically any problem any whatever you're gonna figure it out you're yeah. doing the radio the press okay so take me to then where you're at because like i know like some things changed there and i know you do so much more than that now mm-hmm. so bring me through that progression you're out here with jake touring living in la grinding away like you do best friends but then it keeps evolving. Mm-hmm. So where does it evolve even more? So it evolves to, you know, hey, we're, you know, we're, we're best friends. So, you know, we're now talking about, you know, stuff that people are saying. And it's like, well, you know, listen to them. But like, I don't think that's right. You know, some things, you know, I, I don't know about that. You know, like, or I've seen someone else do that and they failed by doing that. And it just doesn't work, you know. Whatever that person said just doesn't work. You know, it's just like the textbook answer, but you need to give it to some people and just so you, there's, there's nothing else that you can say. Yeah. So, you know, here's the textbook response and you're probably going to fail, but you just need to hear it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so there are certain things where we would just talk about like random things and be like, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, stuff changed. Um, previous manager went his own way. Mm-hmm. They, they, they split, they, they split up and now it's just like, Hey, look, When's like, that? this is, uh, almost two years ago. Okay. So a little bit over a year. 17. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, you know, we, we continue touring and then stuff happens and we, and, and we leave the previous agency and when that happens, it's like, Hey, like. I, I know how to book a tour. Right. You know, because that, like that, that moment. And like, I remember that's kind of when we were becoming friends and there was again, just like this fearlessness that I'm seeing has now been a pattern in your life for a long time. We're like, I think we both know, like if a man, if a band on a major label, an artist on a major label has a full team, an agent, your label, your manager, like that's it, right? You're going. And like, if that starts to get disrupted or if you part ways with any bit of that team, it can be a real speed bump or it can like really like end or ruin dynamics and careers like kind of before they can even get started. But that was never a concern for you. And I remember kind of meeting you and becoming closer friends in that moment where like, I almost wanted to be like, wait, so you're not, you're not scared. No. And I'm like, well, why? And like, I'm starting to learn like, Oh, you're doing a lot. Yeah. So just wear all the hats. And that was you. Yeah. So 
and I mean, again, like it's just so interesting to me because I, I saw it in real time, mm-hmm. right? I remember, was the album, it was like a bed in a city? Uh-huh. Oh, uh, 2 a.m. in L.A. Okay. That, that's, that's my bed on the album cover. <laughs> we brought my bed in the back of a U-Haul van uh, downtown L.A. at about 2 in the morning. Yeah. And we constructed my bed in the middle of, I think it's like Broad Street yeah. in front of the Broad. Holy Museum. shit. Um, and it's like a simple Ikea bed. Yeah. You know, living in LA, like you need a bed that just has four pieces that snap together. and Yeah, you're moving around you, a lot. You throw your mattress on top and there you go. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was easy. And my nightstand that we brought in, it actually broke that day. Oh. When uh, just like in the back of the U-Haul truck. Pour one out, man. I know. Sorry. And then I was like, you know what? Let's go on it. I'll just go on Ikea.com and I'll buy a new one. There you go. Okay, so, but you're doing all that. Yeah. You're orchestrating that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, it, but, but the coolest part about it was like, th- like the al- that album cover was like his vision and it was like, all right, like we take a picture of the bed and then we Photoshop it. But no, that's too hard. I don't know how to work Photoshop. So yeah. we actually got to bring a bed downtown. So, and the camera on a tripod <laughs> and just a slow, you know, just a, like, a sh- like, a, like a slow shutter, you know, picture. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we, we make it happen. So was it, was that around the time where you like were taking on like much more and you were becoming more than just a tour manager? Uh, it, it was around that time. Um, that would be a good time frame to say. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, the other manager was, was still there, but it was, you know, it was still very much like, Hey, you know, we're going to, you know, we're doing everything, but it's like, you know, so one needs to be there on the, on the front lines to kind of quarterback everything. Yeah. So you're becoming almost like the day to day. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Cause like, I'm just thinking back to that time and like, it's just so funny. Like it's that attitude where it's like the amount of things, the times where I'll talk to you and you're telling me about the projects you're working on so many times. I'm just like, well, fuck that's, that's heavy, man. Are you sure that I, who, who are you going to hire to do that? And you're like, Oh, I'll just do it. Yeah. It's always just, Oh, I'll just do it. But you actually do it. Like where a lot of people will talk about like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got this. I got this. Like every time you kind of quietly just show up and it's done. Just done. Was there like a learning curve for you for that? Like, was there a point where you're like, Oh shit, like Jake and I are about to go just take this on. Just, you know, there, there were times where I delegated work to other people and they just don't do it. Yeah. So it's just like, all right, well I just learned that, if you need something done right, you just got to do it yourself. Damn. And because no one's going to do it better than you. Damn. I mean, again, like that confidence that you have and you backed it with that work, but you did like there, were there ever any like challenges or moments like as you are taking on more? Cause like, again, it's not like it's by this time, it's not like he was a small artist. Like his career had grown to a point where like when you're talking about like advancing shows or, I mean, that's all your TM stuff that you were already doing. But like when you're talking about all these projects you're putting together, you have a real audience and you have really big shows and you have real production and you have like all of this. Like, did you ever have any of like those oh shit fumble moments or were you just in it? I was just in it, you know? So it's like, I, I've always put myself in a position with everything where I'm almost like, you know, and in, in my head, like if I make it that, I'm 
the second band member. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the second member or I'm like the silent member of a group or something. Mm-hmm. That's kind of been like always like my thought process. Like, all right, like, like I'm like, I'm in it just as much as that, 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 you know, that person is. Yeah. So if they're putting, you know, you know, 10,000 hours in, so do I. Yeah. You know, so where and everyone what, does like their own thing. Like, you know, if, you know, someone else writes the music and, you know, cr- makes a creative for that. And then someone else needs to, book the tour and someone else needs to order the merch and someone else needs to do this and that, you know? So while Jake is writing the songs and keeping the fan base alive and just being the artist, you're just behind the scenes putting in your 10,000 hours yeah. of getting the merch done and putting the tours together. Cause you were even booking like at a very high level, there was a minute where you were acting as the agent, right? Yeah. And you were, I mean, how big were these shows and these venues that you're like, booking? you know, anything from like a, 500 600 house of blues size venue yeah and like because like again like there's been so many times where you've helped me with like contracts and like you you know how to like read a contract and get paid mm-hmm. correctly and you know the back end and all that and like just and, just knowing the deals but you but i learned that from being the promoter right previously so it's right. like you know learning you know it's like okay like you know lo- looking at deal memos and being like ah like like that's dumb. Yeah. But guess right. what? You know, I can't say that I didn't do that when I was booking shows. You just know what to look for because yeah. you did it. So damn. Okay. So you're doing that. And another like really cool thing happened with Jake that I kind of watched from afar. And I think probably watched it because I was so impressed by you on that side of it. But like, again, where normally an artist can stop working with their manager or their label or their agent, things can regress. That didn't happen. It just mm-hmm. got bigger. Yeah. Like you guys went out and did those tours and sold them out. Yeah. And- we went to Europe, you know, we, we, you know, we went to Europe, you know, and had a ton of fun. We came back to the U S had a tour here. It was great. Had a lot of fun. Did another tour here, had a lot of fun. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, a couple tours later, you know, four, you know, we're approaching four tours later, um, and we're still having fun. Do you think that's that is like to? Do you think that translates to the fan base that's supporting you? Like, do you think that they feel the care and the fact that like you guys are? Because you know, every time I talk to you, like again, like you're smiling when you're mm-hmm. getting emails. Like it's never there's never a day where you're like really stressed out like you're excited like do you think the fans feel it and do you think that oh, was yeah. a piece of the success that kept it going he he has some of some of the like most diehard fans that i've ever seen yeah um so yeah you know and and i see it and and you know on twitter you know like like they'll tweet you oh my god you know thank you so much mm-hmm. and it's great it's awesome you know lo- i love you know seeing that yeah um it's just it just gratifying yeah to know that okay like you know that these 10,000 hours that I put in yeah these 10,000 you know 10,000 hours that he put in you know people realize that and they appreciate it yeah what's your favorite part of it like when you're in it now and like because like you're doing everything so like what like are there any of the like the specific moments where you kind of stop and reflect and you're just like fuck this is cool oh there there's so many times like you know, there, there's some, there, there, there's been a lot of cool places that touring has, has brought us to perform. If it be on a cruise, you know, Damn. or, 
we did a show once on Alcatraz Island. No way. Um, what out off like San Francisco? Yeah. No um, way. And what's really cool about that is there's only been three performers that ever performed, like three musical acts. Ever, How are ever people performed. getting there? Ferry boats. Whoa. Well, that is for, so impractical. For, Why are you doing show? What? Whose <laughs> idea? Uh, it, it was a big corporate event out there. Okay. And so rewind to like 19 XYZ yeah. uh, when the prison was open. Yeah. Johnny Cash performed there. Oh, I didn't Years know back. that. Um, I, I guess no one really does unless they were in the prison. Whoa. <laughs> um, oh, well, of course he has that song, Alcatraz Prison Blues. So I should have put it together. Folsom. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I'm> gonna... <laughs> But uh, so uh, uh, Johnny Cash performed there. I don't remember that show, but um, I do remember when Jake Miller and Neon Trees performed at Alcatraz Island. Damn. Um, and yeah, they it was it was a ferry boat, and I re- remember it very well because it was like a it w- would just go between Alcatraz Island and mainland, and then back and around. I think it'd be like two, three, or four laps. Mm-hmm. And it was like shuttling people back and forth or shuttling them to the island. Mm-hmm. And on on the shuttle from, from Alcatraz back to shore, it was just like us and neon trees just like chatting <laughs> about, the, you know, just like anything random that we could think about. You know, never met these, you know, never met these, these people, people before. Yeah. Um, it was just a fun time. And then a couple years later, we actually connected back up at a uh, like a jingle ball style event that uh, Jake was on and so were they and it was cool like relive that Alcatraz Island uh, you yeah, know that's a pretty special moment boat, like, like, people don't really moment. forget that yeah so definitely some highlights in touring yeah. and like the special places it's taking you because you've pretty much traveled the entire world now yeah um Europe North America for the most part um, haven't really done anything in like Asia. Okay. Like, you know, I would love to go to Japan and China and all those places, but I feel like, I feel like going there first as like a tourist would be like cooler than going there first is in touring. Yeah. Cause I, like I, I, I love seeing places and one of the coolest things that, that we like to do when, when we're on tour is arrive to cities as early as possible and leave as late as possible. Wow. Just to get the whole experience, even yeah. if it's Atlanta. Even like to this day, like it's yeah. like that. Oh, the touring. You're not yeah. jaded on that side. Like you're always looking for new stuff there. We're, all, you know, we're always trying to get, get the places early. You know, there's, there's never reason to get the places late. Um, you know, and you know, there's, there's shit that could be done. There's promo yeah. that, that you can do before a show there. Yeah. Cause that's another grind that you guys are so heavily on. Like you're literally back today. No, you got back yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and you again, like booked almost like well, you booked a promo circuit of radio stuff. Yeah, where you guys were just out doing that. Yeah, J- you know, uh, Jake's with a label now that is great and lets him. You know, he's one hundred percent. You know, has his creative freedom. You know, you know, creative freedom. Yeah, with making music, and they're you know they have a great team there that uh, has a an awesome radio department, and they're you know they're badasses. Yeah. <laughs> so. And they probably love you like to just like sit down and be like, Oh, whoa, cool. Yeah. So we need all this. Oh, Scooter will just do it. Sweet. <laughs> kind of pretty much. That's great. But now nah, it's, it's, it's a really good team there. 
and they keep us busy. Yeah. And when they don't keep us busy, you know, in between, you know, we keep ourselves busy, you know, like we'll find stuff. We'll go golfing, even though I suck. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go to the mall. And even though I don't buy anything, I I think looking at shit is more cooler than buying stuff. Because that's also like, that's a very real dynamic. Like, that's not fake. Like, you guys are friends. Mm -hmm. Because again, like, I like, I know you so much more, but I remember like at that little, like, what was it? That little radio promo show at that club in LA you invited me out to. Ah, uh, Sayers. Oh, Sayers Club. Club. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like, just, like, the... Seeing you guys, like, even that, like, even when he's on and being, like, artist Jake and, you know, talking to all these people, like, just the dynamic of you two and, like, the friendship, like, you just see it. Like, you guys are friends. Yeah. That's cool. I think that's really special. And I don't think... What I admire most or, like, what I see in your story is, like, one, props to him for seeing you put in all this work. But, like, it's cool to see you guys grow together and to see, like, both of those strengths shine so much. Because, like, that fearlessness combined with that artist that cares, like, damn. Yeah. No, and uh, just the grind just never stops, you know? There's there's always work that can be done. The big-ass smile on your face right now. (laughs) So, like, what uh, what are you excited about now? Like, is there... I don't know, like what's up next or like, what's the grind? Like what, when you think of the grind next or like, what are you excited to crack into? Uh, I, I'm excited to crack into this tour that kicks off in a couple of weeks. Yeah. That's um, soon. Yeah. So we, so he's touring. Tell me about that. Yeah. Uh, he's touring pretty much the whole month of April, um, into March, in, in, into May. I don't know my, my months. Remember, I, I didn't graduate college. That's so. right. <laughs> yeah, how could I forget? They teach April, you the months March. in college. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're going backwards yeah um april may um he's 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 on the road um we're bringing out uh logan henderson he's another act that's also on red as as well nice um and it's just a you know just a good circle of people yeah um you know all good people all positive energy um just go out there every day and just kick ass, you know? When it comes to, like, that tour, the crew, the production, how involved are you with that? Like, I, I don't know, like, I don't know your guys' production for the tour or anything like that. Uh, for for uh, this tour, it's, you know, it, it's it's a pretty simple production that, that we're bringing, you know? Um, it's, just, you know, a lot of new songs yeah. for, for the kids. Yeah. Um, so Jake has an EP coming out. Um, It'll probably be out by the time that the uh, a podcast comes out. It's called Based on a True Story, and uh, I just actually got a notification from his bands in town. Nice, <laughs> nice. So okay, cool. Um, oh yeah. So I was asking though, um, with like the production and all that. Like, is that aside? Because we've never even talked about that. Like, are you a piece of that? Like, do you set that up, or do you rent whatever needs to be rented? And we rent what needs to be rented. We you know, uh, you know, you look at what the rental cost is for a seven week tour, and you're like. All right, well, that's the rental cost. How much is it to buy it? Oh, it's cheaper to buy it than it's to rent it. Oh no way! You don't rent it if it's cheaper to buy it. Did you? You guys own your own production? No. Oh well. Oh. Well, certain pieces, you know. Got it. You know. Um, yeah. So like, you know, a wireless microphone, for instance. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we'll you know we'll buy stuff that we're gonna keep reusing. Yeah. You know, or you know, hey, you know that light over there. You know that light is you know more to rent than it is to buy just go out and buy the light sure yeah 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 totally and i feel like again like it just like that 
um, that like you just paying attention. Like I feel like every time I talk to you about work or anything that you're on, things that you say so nonchalantly is just you like from the day you were looking at that marquee in middle school, like you just pay attention. Mm -hmm. That's fucking cool. Just, just look at it. Yeah. That's, that's all they could do. You could just look at it. And it's, it's so funny too. Cause like, I feel like sometimes I'll hang out with you and I'll be all stressed out about something or whatever. And like, it almost like, not that it annoys me, but like, I just like every time, like it's just so simple. Like you're just instantly, well, well no, 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 dude, like you're good. It's this, mm-hmm. it's this. And I'm just like, fuck, he's right. Like it's, I it's really that. admire it. Yeah. Damn. So yeah, you're, you're getting ready to do another tour. Um, another tour followed by, um, some more promo following the tour. Yeah. Um, you know, with the song right now, it's, it's already cracking top 40. So wow. we're just, you know, we're, you know, we're ready to take it to number one. So it's kind of <laughs> like, it's the same as it ever was, right? Like, it's like you have all these new level ups, but like here you are and it's just back to the grind. Yeah. Like, just go do the thing. Let's do it. I love that. Um, well, damn. I mean, I feel like that pretty much tells the story. Um, I guess like another a, a piece again, because I really don't know who's going to be listening or all, any of that, but I do think that you're such a good example of like what somebody behind the scenes so closely working with an artist, be it on the management side, on the TM side, on the any side that you've fulfilled. I feel like you do have such like a good example set. Yeah. Do you have any advice, like if you were to like sit down with a kid that was in any way trying to follow a path like yours, like were there any pieces along the way where you're just like, like, is there any like solid advice that you could give there or anything that comes to mind? Uh, just, just, just keep going. Just keep learning. Um, you know, nothing is really a mistake. Um, it's just, you know, it might cost you a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> solid. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, but just, just keep working, you know, and, and just know that if you're doing something that someone else couldn't do and you did something wrong, well, it doesn't really matter because they don't know how to do it. So if, if you do it wrong, are they going to know? Probably not. But it, it, it's, always, it's always right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I love that advice because just that right there encompasses so much of what you do. Like you just exude that confidence of like, yeah, it's right. We're good. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. Like, like we'll make it, we'll, we'll, we'll make it to tomorrow. Yeah. That's awesome. And then kind of on that same line, like if you were to go back, like, was there any, is there any step of the way, like where you look back at your path um, and you wish you could have like taught yourself something or learned something earlier? Like I know kind of the journey unfolds in its own way, but like, Looking back, is there anything that you wish you could have learned sooner? Probably to not eat meat earlier. <laughs> I wish I stopped oh, yeah? eating meat a couple years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you're vegetarian or vegan. I don't honestly know. Pescatarian, we'll call okay. it. Okay. I, I I still eat fish. And why? But um, I don't eat dairy. Like, what did that do for your life? Like, when you changed the game? I, I just have more excitement. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. I'm always interested in that. I feel like my, you know, my thing is just try to eat healthy, whatever. Yeah, but before I came here, I, I had an acai bowl. Okay. All right. It was really good. Nice. Damn. Okay. So that, that's, uh, that's cool. That's not even like a deep, like business side of it, but just like your own life, yeah. just your own life habits. <laughs> yeah. Nice. 
Well, damn, dude. I don't know. I feel like we did this thing, huh? We did it. We made it. I feel good about it. I'm really excited. Thank you. Thank you for coming, dude. Of like, course. I'm so excited to, to have your story and to yeah. hear it. It's cool. Yeah. Appreciate it. Hell yeah, man. I'll see you in podcast land. Yes. <laughs> so there you have it, my friend Scooter. Um, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you're young and trying to have a similar career, I think that he sets an incredible example of just the work to be done and what he's put in. Uh, if you're already established, I hope that there was some amount of inspiration there. And if you don't know anything about music, I hope you just enjoyed a story of me hanging out with my pal. Um, lastly, please, please subscribe to the podcast and leave it five stars if you like it. From everything that I can tell, that gives so much help to spreading it and growing it. Um, along with sharing it on social media. So screenshot it. I've been looking super closely just to see anybody sharing and I've been so excited. So if you liked it, it would mean so much to me if you shared it. And if you didn't like it, pretend you never heard it. Don't say anything about it. And I am so sorry that I wasted an hour and a half of your time. All right, I'm out. Yo, my bad, I'm back. Uh, I forgot to tell you our social media handles. Scooter is Scott Neb on Instagram. So that's S-C-O-T-T-N-E-B-B. And his Twitter is S-C-O-T-T-2-H-2-O. And I'm Andrew underscore F-T-W on everything. All right. Bye for real.